Bobby. And this is Jennifer. And we're from Cleveland, Ohio. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate fifty four wieners. So listen, Liberty, it's shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And we are into the second hour. Welcome. It is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about a lot of things as it relates to live fire cooking. So glad you came by. Meathead's quote on the website is interesting to say the least. What is the quote, Doug? Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue, says Greg's constipated after eating the entire Thurman burger. Maybe I am or maybe I'm not. I did not get the Therminator, though. If you follow me on social media Saturday, you saw me put up a picture of a rather large Thurman burger, which is found at the Thurman Cafe in Columbus, Ohio. But they have one that's double the size of that called the Therminator. It's a three-quarter pound. Uh Uh-oh. Meathead, Meathead's calling back in. Oh, dear. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Meathead. Meat. Meat. Hello. Meathead. What's he doing? Sending me a picture? <laughs> oh, that guy's a card. What is going on here? Blowing me up. Florida lobster. Notice no. I get that. I get it. He's butt dialing me. No kidding. Also, I didn't. I thought I had my. Well, I did have it on mute, but then I unmuted him. I didn't know if we were going to him or not. Anyway, still to come on the show, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue will be joining me. And Joey Machado, who is now the. New marketing director over at Fogo Charcoal, which, by the way, all guests presented on the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. Don't forget, you can follow me socially on the Twitter, at BBQ Central Show. Same handle on Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. You can also follow me on Facebook, slash BBQ Central Show, which is where you can also find one of the video live feeds. There's also one on YouTube, also one on Periscope, which I believe is Twitter. So there you go. Find me however you can get me live or in podcast. Remember, if you miss all of the show on Tuesday, because believe it or not, I've said it before once and a billion times. This is a show that is also being recorded at the same time. So if you miss this portion, it is then put up in a podcast for you to listen to later at your convenience or if you really liked the interview that I just did with Meathead, 
and you missed some of it, it's not like you've lost out. You can go back starting tomorrow and listen to this whole thing, and away you go. Subscribe to it, man. That's what it's all about. Subscribe. You don't have to listen. If you subscribe, you don't then have to listen to it, but you can always go back and reference something, or maybe I did something really funny. You can go back and listen to that a bunch of times if you want. But subscribing to the podcast, even if you're a live watcher, means that you are able to always go back and reference something if you want to. It mean you always have to listen to the podcast because the live show audience is starting to build out now after 10 years, 11 years. Still widely podcasted, of course, because it's most convenient for people to listen to it whenever they want. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, episode 76. Uh, 76. Wow. 76. We journey back to July of 2011. This was a very unique show because I had already added my second hour but was still syndicating my first hour into LA Talk Radio, which is where the show originally started in its live format. And the show after mine at 10 o'clock Eastern wanted me to come on their talk show and discuss barbecue and grilling basics. So I worked that interview into the second hour of my show, which was the first hour of their show. So in essence, and not to get too diluted, but we had two live shows interacting with each other as we were both doing our individual live shows. So we were both kind of interviewing each other on each other's shows. So when my original feed ended at 9.50, then that new show over in LA loaded in and reset all their stuff and away they went. And then at a mutually agreed upon time, we connected together and they interviewed me on my show, on their show. And it's, I have to tell you, I listened to this replay as I was getting it loaded up in the queue. And I have to tell you that the vocal or the audio quality and fidelity on this was phenomenal. So this isn't like one side sounds like they're on the phone. It sounds like I'm in my studio with three other women. Uh-oh. It's great. Sounded really good. And they are very fun ladies. You know, Laura Nickerson and Joan Rizza and a whole bunch of other ladies that I don't remember their names of right now. But it was fun. 2011, that show was eight years ago. If you can believe it, we had that technology back then eight years ago. So clear as mud on that show with me interviewing other people that are interviewing me on our independent shows together. Make sure, again, that you subscribe to the podcast. All right, here we go. Uh, Meet Church and Malcolm Reed audio from the class that the embedded correspondent Doug Shy or Doug Shy, David Huff went to. Here's Malcolm Reed. We're here with Malcolm Reed. We just got done with his class, him and Meat Church here in Waxahachie, Texas. Malcolm, how'd you think the class went today? Man, I thought it was fantastic. We had a great time. It was a little warm in Texas, but I expected it, you know, being June. But the Meat Church here is pretty damn cool. What was your favorite thing about the class? 
just the flow of it. You can tell Matt's a pro. He's done this. He's done this a bunch before. Because for me coming in, I didn't bring a lot of my own equipment. He said he had everything here. So we had a great crowd. He's got a bunch of good guys that are kind of behind the scenes that make the whole class flow. So it really made it easy on me. Where all I had to do was go through my cooking steps, cook the food that I came to cook, and it was just like being in my own backyard. So it worked out great. You've got a YouTube channel. You do competition. You got a lot of things going, but you took the time to share your knowledge with people in the class. What's your passion behind that? What made you want to teach a class? Well, I like teaching class because I can interact with people. You know, we've got people that come from all over here. I think, um, you know, I heard several different states, not just here in Texas. I mean, we had guys come from Virginia, from Nevada, from Minnesota. And then we had a guy come from Rome, Italy, I think. And it was just unbelievable how far people travel for barbecue. But I get to meet somebody. You know, it's one thing when you do a YouTube video and you're just looking at a camera. But when I've got people out there and I can interact with them, they can ask me questions. I get to answer them. It's like I'm learning stuff, too, because I'm learning from them. The questions they're presenting me. And so there's Malcolm Reed, by the way, and I mean he sounds just as just like the guy that shows up on the first Tuesday of the month. You know, just very unassuming, very open, wants to learn, wants to teach. So that's Malcolm Reed. Then uh, David caught up with Matt Pittman. I'll play a couple minutes of that. Matt, great job today with the class. What made you want to start teaching classes? Man, I you know always say that I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm trying to do my own thing, carve my own niche. Do you know? And uh, there's not a lot of people teaching barbecue necessarily. I've always had a passion for teaching. You know, when I was learning, I enjoyed learning from other people. You know, failing, seeing what other people are doing, correcting those failures, improving what I'm doing. So it's I don't know. It's just a lot of fun for me to share my passion about barbecue, and it's kind of my outlet to do that. I always get asked, when are you going to open a restaurant? When are you going to do a cookbook? I've had all those offers. That's not for me. This is kind of what I want to do in my way to give back is to kind of, you know, share the things I've learned with other people so they can go out and make amazing barbecue. So what is someone going to expect when they come to your class? They're not terribly expensive. They're not cheap. It's an investment. What is somebody going to get in return when they come to your class? Well, first and foremost, they're going to get a really unique experience. You're coming to my personal house. So we've got a house that was built in 1896 that we built a pretty kick-ass outdoor kitchen in, and you're in my backyard, you know, at my family's house. So I think the experience there in and of itself is really unique. But I try to provide these experiences that are just different. So you're often going to learn brisket. You're often going to learn ribs, maybe beef ribs. But I'm going to do different things. So I like to incorporate a unique dish. Uh, And as you learned today, I really like to bring different people. So I go after people that I admire and I look up to. Maybe they teach barbecue. Maybe they don't have them come in and do about half the class. So I get to sit back and learn. And it's just really, like I said, offers an experience to people that you just can't go get. It's in my house with, you know, I think a world-class facility with world-class instruction with the people that I bring in and a ton of food. I mean, I, I think people, frankly, were gorged. You really are a student of the craft because when Malcolm was up there talking, I mean, I saw you, you filming it, you were taking notes. I mean, you want to learn, and what a great guy to learn from. What was it like teaching with Malcolm today? It was awesome. I mean, I tell people that I appreciate all the regions of barbecue, and I, while I think Texas is the toughest master and the king of barbecue, you could drop me in Kansas City or, you know, the Carolinas or Memphis, and I appreciate those styles. And so to learn from Malcolm and what he does, given his success, was, you know, super cool. You can never stop learning. And that guy's, you know, reputation speaks for himself, so it was pretty badass to have him at my house teaching no doubt two legends of barbecue today matt pittman with meat church barbecue thanks for your time thanks man look at this guy david huff doing 
on-site embedded correspondent work for the show. And, you know, I I assume it's going to be hard for anyone to be critical of the class when they have a microphone in their face and they're on-site. Not saying that they aren't spectacular by any stretch, but it's probably weird for someone to get interviewed if they thought the class was just okay and then they say that specifically. Uh, to be aired on a barbecue show, the problem, it's probably not going to happen. But I, I would say this, because I would want to know, and Matt and Malcolm are both businessmen too, if you have suggestions or you didn't think you got full value from one portion of the class or whatever, they probably want to know that so they can continue to improve their process and give you that best bang for your buck. Now, look at that menu that they had if you were following social media, especially on David Huff. It was absolutely incredible. Dave Huff said it was some of the best barbecue he has ever had in his life. Piece after piece, bite after bite, more epic than the next. So that speaks for itself. And again, thanks so much to Matt Pittman and Malcolm Reed and everyone at Meat Church for letting David cover the class. Uh, Not only do I appreciate it, I know as someone who attended it in person, David appreciates it very much as well. So thank you to everybody out there. And... If you are looking to take a class, a meat church class, they sell out very quickly, and those are some of the reasons why. Great guest hosts, great food, and great teaching. So if you think you want to do it, sign up quickly because they go quick. Quickly because they go quick, not redundant. Quickly because they go fastly. Ray Lampy coming up out of the break. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. If you are in the market for a pellet cooker, there's a lot of great pellet cookers out there right now, growing every day. But Green Mountain Grills is one of the ones that are keeping up with the biggest and the baddest, and they're doing it the right way. They're giving you the information. They're teaching you how to use it properly. They are guarding against the buyer's remorse at every turn. By the way, they're offering some of the best tech out there available today. They are the ones that created... That Wi-Fi brain capability to begin with that many others have copied. They now have two internal meat probes if you want on that Prime line that they just introduced earlier this year. Prime also has those look-in windows on the main cooking chamber and on the hopper. They have the Jim Bowie, which is the big one, Daniel Boone, which is middle size, and the Davy Crockett, which is the portable one. Davy Crockett uh, works really good, especially if you don't have a traditional power outlet. You can just plug in that 12-volt adapter into your car and away you go you have that wood fired pellet smoke taste and it's pretty decent capacity considering the portability as well now if you want something to keep on the patios as i mentioned the jim Bowie and the daniel boone are the ones you're going to want to take a look at both of those can accommodate the pizza of an insert which i would highly suggest if you're going to buy any of them the classic line or the prime line get the pizza oven too it's 150 bucks or less depending on where you get it It's not any better time to be had than the pizza party at your house. Kids love it. Adults love it. Very fun. Pizza's delicious, for crying out loud. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We are back with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, right after this. Stick around. Be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe.
right, this portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Are you signed up for Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship? Registration free, so sign up today. Hit the smokingwithsmithfield.com website for all the details. Once again, that's smoking, S-M-O-K-I-N. Smokingwithsmithfield.com for all the details. Oh, that didn't work at all. What the hell? Man, I hate when it doesn't work. Now it'll work. No, now it's not working. (sighs) For the love of Pete. Is that one of the ones that went away for crying out loud? All right. Uh, Joining me now, a barbecue hall of famer, cooking class and trick book writer, restaurateur, and frequent guest on this show. You can know him as what we call... Oh, dear. Not there? Of course he's there. Diane Mee weighing in. Salmon that originate in the pristine water of Alaska's Copper River are challenged by its length and its strong, chill rapids. Yikes. Do we not have Ray Lampy tonight? Hmm. Guess we'll see here in one second. Wait, if it looks like Ray and it sounds like Ray, it's got to be Ray. Hey, Ray. Hey, Greg. How are you? Doing well. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Long time no talk. No doubt. Glad we can catch up and we got a lot of different things to get to here this evening. So uh, let's start as we had for years past, which was when is the restaurant going to open? But now we are long open and uh, well-established. So since it has been a good handful of months since we caught up the last time, where are we at with the restaurant and how's everything going? It's going really good. We are off to a great start. We are, it opened in October, so I guess we're all about seven and a half months in and it's going really well. I, you know, I, I don't know how it could be going any better. The only, the only down, downfall is it's been a little more work for me than I anticipated, but I really don't mind. In what regard? I'm having a lot of fun with it. In what regard is it more work than you anticipated? Just being there? Uh, yeah, just for me personally, more hours than I expected, which is fine. I really don't mind, you know. Like I said, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, you know, contractually, I don't have to be there all the time, but I'm having such a good time that I really do go there a lot and I enjoy it. And I, frankly, I'm learning. You know, I I've never been a restaurant guy, so that's really all new to me. So, be taking on a whole new project at this point in my life, it's pretty fun. So when you look at it six, seven months in from now, and as you said, you're not a restaurant guy. Originally, I think you had tried doing like a, a barbecue cart when you had left Chicago and were setting up in uh, grocery store parking lots or something like that. But restaurants, obviously, a different thing. So like, what are a couple of the things that like really jump out, jump out at you from an operational standpoint that you were like, wow, if we didn't have this under control, this thing could get out of whack really quick? Yeah, well, I mean... It- it's all young people there. So, you know, I'm by far the oldest guy. So it's kind of cool. I enjoy that a lot. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they have different energy than me. They, they, uh, you know, they can go out all night and have fun and still work the next day, not like me. So, so that's been really interesting. But the thing that has probably surprised me the most is that, uh, they, when it's busy, 
They all work really hard and they do great. And when it's slow, that's when they all screw off. You know, it, it, it's surprising. It's kind of like because they thrive on it being busy and the energy of it and the customers. And, and, you know, for the servers, they make more money when it's busy. But yeah. but still, every one of them works much better when it's busy. So it's I don't know how you solve that problem, but that's been a surprise to me. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing that, that's interesting is the. I told all I told them all in the beginning. I said every day you're going to walk up to a table and somebody's going to say I'm from Texas or I'm from Kansas City or wherever and I know all about barbecue. Well, I grossly underestimated that. It's every damn table. Oh. Every table has a barbecue expert at it. And most of them are cool, but I'm just telling you there is so many people that are into barbecue. Hmm. I mean obviously they walked into a place called Dr. Barbecue, but it's really cool. I was going to say do you think that there is a qualifier at every table now because it's you know your restaurant, it's your name on the restaurant, and it's kind of one of those uh, names that transcends just Texas or a region. I mean, everybody knows Dr. Barbecue, so when they go into your restaurant, they want to make sure that whoever is taking care of them at your place knows that they are the expert at the table. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, they've walked into a barbecue restaurant and sat down. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, but I, I mean, I just think it's the popularity of barbecue and, and of course, the Internet, you know. Um, I, I, but I, I, you know, I, I always say we we feel lucky to be serving something people are so passionate about. You know, that's that's the upside to it, because in general, they're cool. If our food's good, it's good. If they don't like it, um you know, that's fine. I understand you may like something a little different, but in general, we've satisfied them and that's pretty rewarding. How do you rate your barbecue? Like, honestly, compared to some of the other barbecue restaurants out there, uh, one out of 10, where is it at? Oh, at the, when it's at its best, it's a 10, man, really? all the wow. way. We we are killing it, really. Uh, no, we're using we're using certified Angus beef, which to us is for, you know, for briskets, we looked, we tried Snake River and, and for us in a restaurant, it wasn't a great fit. It's just a different texture. It's not going to hold right. Uh, certified Angus beef to me is perfect. We're using Compart pork and we're using those two things because they're the best we could find. We've got a giant oiler. And the reason we bought that is because the best food we were eating anywhere was coming off them oilers. I mean, we hired a kid that worked for Kreitz Market to cook the barbecue every day. I, you know, I mean, I, we're doing everything we can to have great barbecue. And I think we're succeeding. And that guy's name is Lee Jasper, by the way. So how is Lee finding his pit mastership those first six or seven months? His feet firmly under him and he's ready to rock? Yeah, he's doing great. The food's great every day. Uh, he's <laughs> Lee's a young Texas guy that likes to work really hard. So uh, everybody has a hard time keeping up with him. And that's disappointing to him some days. Uh, <laughs> that's the way I'll say it. Uh, because he's just a hardworking guy who, you know, he just... I, he wishes everybody would work as hard as he does, and so do I, but that's not the way the world goes around, you know, and he's learning that. He's actually tomorrow doing a uh, Meet the Chefs event in Tampa that normally I would do, and I've got to do something else, so he's doing it. So he's becoming quite famous in his own right down here, but again, he deserves it. Good. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show, drbbq.com, his website. So uh, let's transition a little bit because it sounds like the restaurant's doing really well, and I hope to get down there at some point here before the year closes out and uh, that might be maybe in September depending on how things go but I'll keep you in the loop on that um, let's talk a little bit about a couple weeks ago on Wednesday we had the big reveal here on this show and special live edition of the 2019 barbecue class of Hall of Fame and uh, we had talked in years past about what the class entailed or uh, you know and I had had some 
pretty sharp barbs as far as what's actually going on behind the scenes and how are things generated. And we've had some pretty good conversations about that. But as you look at the class of 2019, that being Wayne Monk and CB Stubblefield and John Big Daddy Bishop from Dreamland, uh, what do you think about the class this year? And what are your overall thoughts of where the Barbecue Hall of Fame sits right now in 2019? Well, you know, each one of those guys certainly qualifies. Um, You know what I mean? I don't see... There's no you'd you'd have a hard time making a case against any of those guys. Yeah, so right. so that's a good thing. I, I think they're all certainly worthy. Um, I guess it's a little disappointing that we have three guys that are kind of similar. Frankly, you know they're they're guys old restaurant guys. Um, you know I don't know that any of them are known for anything but that. Stubbs, I guess they've taken the barbecue sauce and run with it, so that's cool. Um, but you know so that's kind of my disappointment. We used to have the three categories that you had to choose from, you know, so you would necessarily have a celebrity. And I think you always railed against that, but be careful what you wish for, because now we've got this, and, but it's okay. I, I, you know, I like the fact that if you look at the overall group of 2025, it is now, it's pretty darn diverse. Um, so little by little, it, it has worked out. I think there's been years where I thought, oh, that's a lot of Kansas City guys. I certainly think it's a lot of restaurant guys this year. But when you look at the overall picture, it's it's pretty diverse. So I, I feel it's good. Um, oh, I'd always wish the American Royal would put a little more into it, a little more money, a little more uh, thought, a little more love for it. But that's just the nature of it. You know, a little by little, it's getting there. It's entrenched now um, as the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And and that's good. You know, now, now unfortunately, uh, two of those guys have passed. And and uh, the third one, I don't know. I, I don't know what his condition is. He's been around a long time. Yeah. Um, hopefully he'll come. And, and of course, the Stubbs family is still, still pretty involved. And hopefully we'll get somebody to come represent Big Daddy. And so, you know, that's the good news. It's we need to keep the momentum, you know, whatever momentum we have. And and unfortunately, if if those guys can't all show up, it doesn't help. Uh, Ray, let me ask you about the transparency that really seemed to come over the top this year, more than any year when I had Emily Park on prior to announcing the 2019 class. And she made some pretty big uh, I would call them revelations because we just never really talked about it or I was just never given any answers about it in years past. And she talked about the six uh, people on the nominating committee and mentioned them by name. She talked about the three-year holding time for anybody that's nominated. She talked about how the uh, finalist list of nine gets regenerated each and every year now. I mean, there were some pretty big uh, pullbacks of the curtain, if you will, to show how this thing operates, which I found, found very encouraging. Well, first of all, kudos to you for getting that to happen because you kind of, uh, you know, provoked it. <laughs> and you also provide a forum that's a serious forum. You know, uh, you've been doing this for a long time in a very professional man- manner. And and I think that's part of the reason that happened. Um, so so it's good news. And, and I, I thought that was really cool, too, of her. Um, I, I was aware of the six people and. I didn't know if they were going to publicly say it. I think it's fairly new. A couple of them have been on there for a while. But, uh, you know, I like it. I certainly like all them guys. I know most of them and, and recently met Robert Moss, actually. Um, and and they're, they're serious students of the barbecue world. So that's good news. But, uh, you know, one of the things when I first heard those names, I, I told whoever I was talking to, I said, well, get ready for 
some nominees that you never heard of. And, and you know, we luckily, I shouldn't say luckily, it, it is what it is. That just because we never heard of you doesn't mean you're not worthy. Um, these are serious scholarly kind of dudes, and they're going to find guys like uh, some of the names we heard that were on the list I really wasn't familiar with. Um, so, so that was, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It, but I like the, the – I think those guys will all take it real seriously. I would almost bet you that the three-year holding and the not no need to renominate for those three years came out of that group because they are – trying to form this into a real Hall of Fame situation. You know, I, I think you and I had this conversation recently. It's hard because there isn't a clear-cut retirement age, or or nor should there be a you have to be 50 or 60 or whatever. Why would we do that? Right. But then it also creates pretty young guys getting into the Hall of Fame. I think Chris Lilly's the guy you mentioned. Chris, you know, certainly Chris belongs in any Hall of Fame he ever <laughs> ever wanted to be in, but he's he's still in the prime of his life in in every facet of his business. And, you know, all of a sudden he's in the Hall of Fame. Same with Tuffy. Tuffy's just getting started as far as I can see. And and he's in the Hall of Fame already. So, but it's, it's again, the momentum is good. It's here to stay. I think those six guys and Emily doing that with you is, you know, bodes really well for it all. It means they're taking it seriously. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show, talking about the 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, Ray, you have some uh, travel coming up, and I know you've really gotten over to uh, the UK and England. I mean, I'm a American, so I say UK and England, and I probably shouldn't be using those interchangeably, of course, like barbecue and grilling, but uh, you're headed back over there for something. I mean, it used to be uh, meat stock or whatever it was called there for a number of years and now, or grill stock. And this is something a little different going over. Yeah. Grill stock is what it was. And grill stock, unfortunately ran its course. Uh, oh gosh. They, we had some fun over there oh, for yeah. sure. Uh, but they, they kind of, the, the business went awry and it's all gone now. Oh. Um, but luckily John and Ben, who are the guys that created grill stock and the restaurants and the festival and everything, they hooked up with this black deer festival to run this one. It's a series of big tents at this festival, a very British weekend festival. And there's the live fire tent. So we, John and Ben and I run the live fire tent for the weekend. So we have a bunch of British, uh, Oh, live fire cooks is what we would call them. I mean, and they're not necessarily barbecue guys and, and they come and they do demos and we're there and we, there will be a competition as well. Last year it was six or eight teams, but live fire, like the categories are, um, I think seafood and lamb and, and, um, I think there's ribs in there and then maybe wings or something, but it's, you know, not, we're not trying to be like KCBS, which we always did with grill stock. Anyway, mm -hmm. there's plenty of that going on around. If that's what you want to do and you don't want to get creative with us, the guy that won last year was from France and, and he had a duck hanging on a chain over the, over the fire. He had a big pumpkin that he was cooking down in the ash and oh, wow. his food was phenomenal. Um, it would have been unrecognizable at a KCBS event. No one would have known what it was. But the we got some pretty well-heeled judges there. And, of course, it's different there anyway. They they eat different things. So it's exciting. And then there's a bunch of uh, good music there as well. Uh, the one I'm excited about seeing is Chris Christofferson. I mean, I'd never wow. seen Chris Christofferson play anywhere, and he's going to be there. I'm going to try and sneak backstage for that one. He's got to be 89 years old at this point, right? And plus, uh, he's a guy that has been known to hit it hard on a lot of different fronts 
Well, I'm wondering how what kind of shape he's in. Actually, I looked it up. I think he was late seventies, yeah, but wow. uh, but like you said, Legend. it's a hard late seventies. And his band is Merle Haggard's old band, <laughs> so I can't imagine what they look like either. And the original uh, outlaws of country music. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I so I will be really disappointed if these guys aren't still partying. But if they're all deep in their seventies, they're probably not. Yeah, I guess we'll see firsthand. We can get the report next month when you come back on. So uh, when you get back into the stateside, you are headed back to Chicagoland Raceway for some type of a barbecue event. Yeah, sure am. Dane Neal, who a lot of a lot of folks know, Dane. He's on the radio in Chicago there at WGN. He's a a big uh, supporter of all things barbecue and racing. Hmm. And somehow he has accidentally stumbled into this opportunity, the Chicagoland Speedway, when the NASCAR races are all there the weekend uh, late in June. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, we're having the first annual barbecue smoke down Hmm. out there. It's going to be a KCBS contest. And Myron and Chris and I are all friends of Dane's. And Dane independently asked us all if we would just come and support this event. And we're all going to be there. And I haven't done anything with those two guys together in a long time. So are you going to so, be? Are you going to be cooking? Uh, not in a contest. No, yeah. we're going to do some demos. And uh, they've got us. I just saw today we're going to be honorary race officials oh. introduced at the drivers meeting on Sunday morning. They're just going to trot us around like as big shots, the Hall of Famers. Uh, but I know Stan Hayes is coming as well. Uh, Barry's coming from Smoke, mm. and Stretch is coming. And what about so Meathead? It, it, He's in Chicago. Be, no Meathead. I don't know. I didn't, haven't heard his name yet. That's mm. right. I forgot about him. Um, I don't know. I I didn't do any inviting. I just said yes. I'll be there. <laughs> That's right. So, don't don't Meathead. He's got to work his own way in. All right. I'll tell him that a little bit later. Uh, no doubt about it. So uh, and then after that, what else? Anything else coming up on the docket? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go into EggFest in Ohio. I'll talk to you about that. Um, August 16th, I think I arrive in. It's in Columbus. Okay. So if you want to come over to Columbus and hang out, it should be fun. And I think the Certified Angus Beef guys are going to join me there for that one. should be a good time. And then I'm going to Sturgis again this year. we got a new event at Sturgis. Mark Masker is putting together a what he's calling the Road Grub Throwdown. So we're going to set up camp in Sturgis at the Buffalo Chip, which should be nuts, and set up 10 little camps for so bikers can come in and play, be in the cook-off that day. So, like, Monday will be burgers, Tuesday will be chili, um, Wednesday might be wings, excuse me. So these guys can roll up their motorcycle, and we're going to have a little kitchen set up. Nice. If they've entered in advance, they can show up a little bag of spices and, <laughs> and cook in the road grub throwdown. Wow. What Mark. could possibly go wrong? Well, I mean, who knows? It's Sturgis, so everything can go wrong or everything can go right or a little bit of both, I'm sure. Uh, we're talking with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, and you can find him at drbbq.com and at the Black Deer Festival coming up here very shortly. Ray, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, good to talk to you, Greg. We'll see you later. You got it. There he is, Ray Lampy, appearing right here on this show via the Fogo Charcoal Hotline and doing as well as ever, of course, because Ray, a pro. I've never heard of a Black Deer Festival. I've heard of uh, the the gang of deer that run down my Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an... I mean, okay, where where even the hell am I? Mediocre. Okay, all right. I got to go back to the, uh, I don't even know where the hell I am.
Alright. Let's try this. That's gonna go to that. That's gonna go to that. Okay, I think I'm I think I'm right. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers before we get over to Joey Machado from Fogo Charcoal. Big Papa's the place to go. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. They are known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow Desert Gold, which I just used on some peppers today. BigPopSmokers.com, the place to get all of those 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary into extraordinary. They also have that great relationship with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Put those together and you got the West Coast offense. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, which has been selling for 50% off. If you can believe it, go to BigPopSmokers.com and check out Granny's Barbecue Sauce if you haven't tried it yet. Aside from the premium selection of the rubs and sauces, you know they got the grills and the smokers. Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's is the exclusive Mac dealer. They even offer special packages. If you're not a fan of the pellet smokers, try the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, come on. You can't go wrong with any of the grills over at BigPopSmokers.com. They have something for everybody. Clear the Big Papa Smokers, the place to go for all things barbecue. Everything featured on their website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Have any questions, call them, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, Smokers.com. Joey Machado, coming up. Stick around, be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly... Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com, 816-945-2232. Helping me close the show tonight, someone who has become quite a figure in charcoal over the years, mostly because he's putting in the miles and the time at various events, pushing the brand. When I say the name Joey Machado, most of you... Inevitably think of B&B Charcoal, which speaks to the job that Joey has done for that company, but has recently announced on his Facebook page that he has moved from B&B and will be attempting to push another charcoal brand to the forefront. And here to talk about it tonight is the man himself, the new marketing director for Fogo Charcoal, Joey Machado. Joining me here. Joey, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you, Greg? I'm absolutely fabulous. Is your uh, camera on, Joe? Uh, It is. Let me take a look. Is that better? Oh, look at this guy. Handsome as ever. Look at you. All right, so uh, let's get the old stuff off the plate first before we go to the new stuff. And as I had mentioned in the open, your name and B&B Charcoal have been linked together for any number of years now. And I would make the argument that you were the sole face of B&B for those years, helping it become a well-known brand, especially within our industry, the competition realm, both steak and barbecue. So in simple yes. terms, why the split? 
Um, I tell you, really and truly, uh, when we started uh, with this company, uh, I mean, it really and truly, it was about six years ago. Uh, is you know, I would just competition cook, Texas competition cook, who uh, you know found the charcoal was a local product to me, and we kind of decided to. Uh, you know, see if we could go out there and promote this. You know, I was just like every other cook out there, thought we could, you know, just get out there and really blow the brand up for them. And, uh, you know, we, we were pretty persistent. And eventually, you know, we did. We, we were able to establish a relationship, started branding for, for them. Uh, and then it, it just kind of graduated over the couple of years that we were just branding. Uh, you know, Ty, my son, had a little bit of success. And then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of moved shifted that to him and let him kind of promote the product uh, just because we thought it made the most sense. Um, and then eventually, uh, you know, when there was a little thing that happened in the uh, the barbecue uh, charcoal industry was, uh, you know, Western Wood had sold out to uh, a bigger entity at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of saw an, a, an opening uh, for a company like B&B Charcoal who'd been around, I mean, forever. I mean, the company started in 61. Um, but I just saw that there was an opportunity for this company to grow and uh, approached uh, one of the owners at the time. And, and uh, you know, we sat down and discussed and we had a conversation of, you know, you know, what are y'all prepared to do? I mean, are, do y'all want to grow? You know, how big could you grow? And, um, you know, even at that time, I, I, you know, I saw them becoming the next Western Woods. Uh, because, you know, I knew Ryan, I knew the family of, of Western Woods at the time. And, you know, Ryan did such a great job blowing up the Western brand at the time that, you know, I really stepped in it and, and I kind of emulated kind of what Ryan did to an extent, um, you know, on a little bit smaller scale. I mean, they, they spent big bucks, mm -hmm. did huge, huge events, you know, you saw them everywhere. And so I kind of took that theory and I, I did kind of the same deal. You know, we, we got hired on, I jumped in the truck and I was gone. And, um, you know, every year we would just kind of grow and we were bringing more people with us and, uh, you know, we were making more friends on the road and, and, but again, it was a great product. And that's the one thing that, you know, was the reason why I was very passionate about what I did because the product was a great product. It still is a great product. Uh, but the vision for the company right now and the vision that I had for the company has changed. You know, um, you know, we were in in growth mode, taking it from mom and pop and, and getting it into a bigger exposure into big box stores, uh, you know, but we kept kind of leaving behind the specialty stores. You know, the specialty stores were like, well, we want to sell it too, but it's, you know, there, there wasn't an option. Um, <laughs> so it got to be more of a volume type thing for me. Um, and we started kind of moving away, uh, moving away rather, of the kind of grassroots that that I kind of built my program on. So I was very involved with the cooks. I was very involved with uh, the events. And, you know, there there wasn't an association that I wasn't a member of. Uh, so we kept trying to, you know, I kept wanting to move that direction. Um, the company, you know, they, they see a bigger, better horizon. And so regardless, you know, we have brokers got involved. We've got a marketing group that got involved in, <clears throat> they have a better vision than what I had. Um, you know, the thing for me and, and, and like I said, we, I am so grateful for the opportunity that I had with BNB because it, it really paved the way to me to be where I am today, mm -hmm. you know, but BNB was synonymous with me and I was synonymous with BNB. 
So when we split, I really didn't know if I would be able to continue. I didn't know where my value was. I really did. I underestimated myself, I guess, you know, because at the end I was like, well, maybe I'm not doing this right. Uh, but very soon after, you know, we decided this was, uh, you know, the Saturday of Memphis in May in Memphis in May mm-hmm. is when, uh, you know, everything culminated and, uh, you know, and that's when, that's when we pulled the pin. And, um, at that particular time, you know, I had literally had meetings that weekend with uh, another charcoal company, uh, which is not the one I'm with today. Uh, you know, with the grill manufacturer. And we had already discussed because I'd seen some writing out on the wall that things were going to change. And I didn't know if I was going to really be able to hang on anymore. And, uh, you know, my, my baby was was growing up and moving away. So uh, we went ahead and, um, you know, we left. We came back home from Memphis. Uh, we took some time and talked to lots of folks. And um, before I knew it, you know, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Sebastian, Mm -hmm. uh, who is a phenomenal guy. Uh, I'd met him briefly before, but, you know, in the charcoal game, we, we just, we kind of kept our own corners and, you know, we, we'd go by when nobody was in the booth and kind of see what they had out there and try to figure out, you know, what the opposition was doing. Uh, but really at the time, you know, we, we didn't have a relationship and I had several good friends of ours who were in the industry who reached out and goes, Hey, you know, you really ought to talk to this guy. It's a great program. You know, and to be real honest, I, I didn't think that if I left the company, I didn't think I was going to go into charcoal. I thought I was going to go into some other barbecue related industry just because I didn't think the visual would be that good. I, I thought that, you know, if I left there and went to another company, people would, you know, be like, well, he's chasing dollars or, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you know, it, it's approaching it the wrong way. Well, let me ask and, you about that because you, ma- you make a good point. And, and this is just like a straight up business question because all sales guys face this or, and women face this at one time or another, especially if you make a switch within industry, like you've done, yep. is there any concern on your part that when you go visit someone or some of those same folks that you had with B and B and they're <laughs> saying, Hey, Joey, you know, you've been telling me B and B for the last month mm-hmm. or two years or four years. And now you're telling me that Fogo is the best thing I should buy. Are you concerned with that? Or do you think that the majority of those contacts <laughs> bought from Joey first, regardless of the product and the brand or the product that you were rep- uh, representing was secondary to that relationship? Um, honestly, you know, I think it's I think it's catch 22 because, uh, you know, we did we we did sell a genuine product. It was it was no BS. I mean, it was what it was. What it said on the bag is what it was. You know, just good quality product. And at the time, compared to everything else that was on the market, uh, especially in a big box store, it was relatively high price for what it was. You know, fourteen ninety nine opposed to nine bucks a bag on a lot of other stuff. Sure. So, when I'm making the transition, I've already dealt with this already with social media and everything else. Is now we have yes, we're promoting a new product. It's a premium product, but it's a true premium product. Um, we burned everything. We understand how it works. People won't understand this product until they burn it. It's the same thing as is everything else we had, you know. And uh, now that we're kind of in this transition mode, we have the opportunity to go out there and do it just like I did before. We're going to go and start putting some product in people's hands, but they have to understand we're a smaller company. Uh, it's you know, am I going to be showing up events with a whole trailer load of product? Mm, probably not. Yeah. You know, we're going to be pretty selective. You know, we know that. Some of the people who are going to trust a product. There's going to be some who aren't, 
And um, it's going to be a long road. We're not planning on changing this tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a long stretch. Is there any concern on your part at this point that Fogo is a one-brand pony at this point? When you had B&B, you did have a little bit more of a portfolio. Here's just lump charcoal. And now not only is it a brand thing, but it's lump charcoal versus briquette. No, um, not at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that was one of the main reasons, you know, I had another large charcoal company that I was actually, uh, it, it was, my decision was between one really multi-billion dollar company and a Fogo charcoal. And uh, when I went back and kind of measured everything, I saw the runway that was available with Fogo uh, after meeting Sebastian and understanding how the company works and the way that they built the infrastructure of the company. It's I mean, they front loaded this thing. So it's pretty unlimited what they're able to do later. But I know for a fact, because of what I've done over the last few years, um, if we are promoting a, a, a super premium product today, it needs to continue to be a super premium product. So if we go into a big box store, this product's probably not what's going to go in a big box store. Mm -hmm. We'll probably create a new line. You know, um, that's where I see this going. I see the specialty markets need to remain special, you know, and once we take the support away from those type of, of dealers, um, you know, what we haven't, we've done them a disservice to them and to ourselves because, you know, we devalue the product, you know, so I think that's kind of the direction it's going to go. And Sebastian, I mean, me, me and Sebastian probably talk about this tomorrow after we get off of this thing, but I, I honestly do believe that the, the way that the product is today, that's the way it's going to remain. And then if there's a need for big box, we'll create it. It's available. Would that be, um, I guess for lack of a better term, a, a lesser quality product to go in and, and kind of fit those price points? Um, I I think that uh, the thing that you're going to have to look at on lump coal is, uh, for example, you have several grades. So, I mean, to, in essence you would get a lesser grade of product. Yes. You know, if you go to uh, the car audio store and go buy a stereo, they have a certain level. And then if you go to Walmart and go buy one, you can buy the same brand, but it's just a different quality product, you know? And um, I think that it's not going to be any, it's not going to be a um, inferior product. It's just going to be something else. And uh, because there's some people who are very price conscious and there's other people who buy Wagyu every day. Right. You know, and that's pretty much how it's going to go. Joey Machado joining me here on the show, the new marketing director for Fogo Charcoal. FogoCharcoal.com is their website if you want to check them out and you're not familiar. So do you have a set of marching orders right now where, you know, you have like immediate things to attack and then you have those higher growth, like getting into more of a mass market or, or becoming more widely recognized? Because I mean, inevitably it's always Kingsford first and then yeah. everybody else, you know, is trying to rise to be that next brand after Kingsford. Correct, so, uh, correct. you know, how do you attack that? Uh, really? I think that what we're going to focus on is we're going to focus being us and we're not going to try to be a Kingsford. We're not going to try to be a roll up. Uh, you know, we are going to create a, our own market, which which we kind of have already. I mean, they're the only specialty brand who's got four species of, of charcoals out there right now. They're the only company out there who's going, you know what? This stuff's from South America, and we're pretty proud about that. You know, we want you to understand the hands that touch this product to create what we create today. Because once people understand and they burn this product and they understand 
how many generations of folks have touched this product to put it in this bag, to put it on your doorstep. That's when you really sit back and you go, now I kind of understand why this stuff is at the price point it is, but I also understand, you know, how this stuff can be able to be shipped on Amazon and it shows up my house and it's pretty awesome. You know, um, that was one of the things with previous company that I was with is, you know, we wanted to try to put a, a, a online store together and it was like, no, I did not want to sell any lump coal because, you know, it's just, I saw so many stories just in a store alone. You know, if you grab the bottom the last bag, man, you just say a prayer when you open it, you know? So, but like I said, the reviews of this company speak for itself, uh, on that lump product and it has done so well in a, the mail order scenario. So if it's going to do great coming from Amazon, you know, people are going to even appreciate it even more when it's, you know, on the store shelf. Joey, Lump has long been associated with high heat cooking, obviously, and ceramic cookers, uh, especially Mm -hmm. ceramic cookers. In the low and slow environment that is not ceramic, would you say that is widely untapped or at least underutilized and that's going to be a market segment you're going to be going after? Well, I tell you that, you know, they they currently have product right now that will serve that purpose. The only thing is, is most people have always looked at, you know, they've always been used to getting a certain type of lump coal and that was it, you know, and there was really no options, you know, now particularly, uh, you know, Fogo has a couple of, of lumps, which are some huge lump coals and they're super, super hard woods and they're pretty neutral flavor wise. You know, they're kind of oaky. Uh, so people can actually use these and offset right now. Mm. Um, it's just trying to get them to understand how to use it. It's, it's a learning curve. And we're going to kind of go from there. Yeah, I'd love to be able to come in and, and, you know, replicate some lines that I've dealt with in the past. But, you know, uh, I also understand that, you know, people didn't know those until we taught them how to use those. So if we can teach them how to use these new products, I think that they'll be able to use these just fine. Uh, Joey, let me ask you one last question before I let you go. And I appreciate the time tonight. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the product. I mean, you're a guy who's been around a lot of charcoal. You've burned a lot of charcoal. Mm -hmm. So if someone, regardless of competitor or somebody like me, a backyard guy, is a fan of lump just from a high level, and then we right. start talking about Fogo. What makes that the superior choice in your opinion? Right now, um, on top of just burning just about everything I can get my hands on, <laughs> right. um, we've had the, uh, you know, like I said, this was a, a very surprising product because they even have product that's, you know, eucalyptus. You know, they have Mati Boo that's out of, out of Cuba. Uh, you know, they have a bunch of stuff that people just like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but this particular product, because it's a new species, because there's a, um, you know, I have just been able to experience so far that this product is harder and burns longer than anything else I've touched so far. And to me, like I said, a big decision maker for me when joining a company is I got to believe in what I'm selling. You know, I've got to believe in what I'm telling people that they need to go buy. Uh, we're competitive cooks. We use it too. And, um, you know, but the other thing about us is we understand because we're only a charcoal company, I'm not going to be mad at people if they're burning B&B sticks or B&B briquettes or, you know, the uh, a different, you know, they, they don't have to be 100% true to me. Um, I know that they need other tools in their toolbox to be able to be successful. Uh, you know, I'm asking for some support and loyalty on this lump coal that we have out there. At least give it a try. If it doesn't work, we'll understand. 
it's no big deal, you know. But like I said, if you don't give it a try, you're going to be doing yourself a disservice. And uh, do you have somewhere that you are going to be fairly soon start representing and stuff? Well, we will. Uh, you know, we've got a, a uh, SCA uh, state tour that we've got going on in Texas. We've got the Texas state tour we've been doing. Uh, we've actually got one of those in Dripping Springs, Texas this weekend. Uh, I will be up at uh, uh, trying to make it to Matt Pittman's store opening uh, this weekend. He's actually selling Fogo there at his store. Nice. And then on Sunday, we've got Daniel Bond with Texas Monthly. He's got his Birthright Festival. So other than that, schedule's full, and we're running hardcore until December. All right. Uh, you will see him out on the road, as he always is. It's Joey Machado, the new marketing director for Fogo Charcoal. Joey, appreciate the insight and the candor tonight. Hey, thank you, sir. You always good talking to you, Greg. You too. There he is, Joey Bye. Machado, appearing Ooh. courtesy of the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. How about that? Blends right in. So uh, there he is. If you had any questions about what happened, hopefully that uh, gives you some insight there. And uh, just to paraphrase quickly, uh, they were on B&B. It was a good thing. And then at some point, a vision changed or uh, an idea changed or how they wanted to take the company changed. And that's where the split takes place. And uh, through some suggestions, uh, him and Sebastian from Fogo hook up and away they go. So uh, definitely not stepping away from any of these questions tonight, which I certainly appreciate. And there you have it. Again, the website, F-O-G-O, FogoCharcoal.com, and all guests appear via the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. And that is Joey Machado. Again, Dripping Springs, he said, this weekend, and uh, looking to be in the Matt Pittman opening as well, the Meat Church Store. All right. I think that's it. We're all read up. We're all caught up. All that stuff. I have no idea why this is still running. I'll tell you what. Give me uh, 30 seconds. We'll come back and wrap. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. I have an email from Diane Me. Stand by for this. This is a subject line, hashtag salmon. Salmon that originate in the pristine waters of Alaska's Copper River are challenged by its length and strong chili rapids. Consequently, Copper River salmon are strong, robust creatures with a healthy store of natural oils and body fat to get them from their breeding grounds at these uh, from from their breeding grounds at these qualities make the salmon the richest tastiest fish in the world as usual it's the fat fat, fat equals flavor of course it does thank you Diane for giving us a little more insight into the Copper River salmon Hey, all the way back in the first hour, Meathead talked a little bit about Copper River Salmon. We talked about gifts for dad, steaks, and lobster. His new video series that he's going to be have coming out with 10 other people. So look for that. Tinyurl.com slash stars. Then we talked with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. We made it back in after some time away. Always great to have Ray in. Heading over to the UK for Black Deer Festival, Chicagoland Raceway after that end of June. And then we 
caught up with Joey Machado, who is now with Fogo Charcoal and their new director of marketing about the switch with B&B, how he got on with Fogo, what makes Fogo a good charcoal choice in his opinion, all that good stuff. So if you missed it, subscribe to the podcast and you will never miss another interview or segment or rant again. Big show planned for you next week as always. May or may not have Stephen Reichland, depending on his travel. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.